Salutations to all the nations. Welcome to a suave experience with the prettiest podcaster of all time, the ultimate optimist, the guy who is dashing and has that ever so boy's charm that you desire in your life. It's me, Darius D, and I'm here once again providing the best content I can for you guys. So if you're a new listener, first of all, thank you for coming. Secondly, shout out to all the returning listeners. We appreciate you here on a swap experience. So today we're going to be talking about the schooling system. But before we get into that, just make sure you share this with your family and friends on whatever social media platform you so choose to use. If you want to keep up with the show, keep up to date. We are on 11 different platforms. So whatever podcast platform that you like to use the best, whether it be Apple, iTunes, whether it be Spotify, SoundCloud, we're on there. So make sure you guys check us out. Subscribe, subscribe. And last but not least, leave a good rating, a five-star rating for the show, all right? Gotta have five stars, all right? Have to is a must because it helps with the ranking of the show and then soon we'll be on the top charts. And I believe... Uh, yo, trust me when I say this, that this podcast will be at top 200 in the next five years or 10 years or so. Whatever it is, it will happen. So today, special day, talking about schooling. Now, you guys already know, I've mentioned this before, but since you're, for those who are new or not familiar with the show, I go to U of T, which is a prestigious school, apparently. <laughs> a prestigious school in Canada, according to the McLean's, it's rated number one in Canada and then top 25 across the globe. Now, is education a good thing? Of course it is, because I try to educate you guys every time you come up the show about something that you did not know before, whether it be complex, whether it be trivial. I try my due diligence to provide some information that you never knew about before. Now we're talking about education. Now, this could be an inception for those, but for me, it's not because I'm educating you about education. But all I'm here to do is persuade you or reason why education or the schooling system that we're in is not the best right? that it could be and why it's not necessary for every single Person. Now, I know a lot of people who are in generations older than myself, aside from the millennials or Gen X people, that they may, you may disagree with me. You might think that I'm not making a lot of sense right away, but I beg to differ. I think it's just the climate is different and what we require as Gen Zers. Millennials, we require different things than you require because the times have definitely changed across the board. And I'm only going to speak mostly about the Western culture because that's the culture that I live in. And that's a culture that most of us will relate to. If you live abroad, then you can kind of reason with us because you're still in the same cult. You're still in the same time. As us, it's just some of the cultural references that I'm going to be bringing up might be out of reach, but I'll try my best to bring it all together. All right, so jumping right into this, we have to understand the timeline. So essentially, a lot of people started going away to school around, I want to say right before the 50s. Like I said before in last week's episode, the World War, the first one and the second one, changed how we relate to one another and changed how our systems were in place. Because after the First World War, World War, we ended up in the Great Depression. And then people were substantially poorer than we were before, like the Roaring Twenties. So... Right after the Roaring Twenties hit the Great Depression, then we start to phase into World War II, which is late 30s, early 40s, 
or mid 30s to late 30s. And then after that was finished, that's when people started going to college. Now we have to understand where this idea of going to college was created, okay? Because essentially, if you dial back all the way back to when humans were only focused in focused in on tribal communication, tribal community, and we focus more or less on just surviving. So once we started flourishing with agriculture and different so- different societies were building up different types of um, foods for the region, because if you look at the history, spices was a, were a commodity at the time. So trading foods and animal skins, if you were in the North American area at that time, I'm just making a general claim right now. But at that time, there was there was money, but to travel across the land and to get different foods that were not raised up or weren't raised up in your culture was a big deal. Even if you go to like ancient Egypt and how they had onions at that period of time. Most countries didn't have that because it was specific to that region. Now we have the luxury of it shipping and coming over here and your local grocer would have different foods from different places. I know if you guys live in Toronto, you can go to Kensington Market and that's where your palate could be opened up to so many different forms of food, so many different tastes from different cultures. So we're blessed. If you live in a melting pot or a multicultural multicultural society, then you are very blessed to be able to have different food from different cultures. Before we had planes and whatnot to ship these items over here, we would have to go by boat and trade. So this is where, so I'm going back to how affluent societies became with food because food was a sense of currency at that time. So when you kept when they kept bombing food, whoever had the most food was the hierarchy at that time. So they would be better off than other people. After doing that through that period, because you didn't have to worry about food because that was your basic um way of life is food, family, and your belief system. Now you got food taken care of out of the way you can if you're not hungry you can think of other things to do that's why fasting is considered an important thing because not even just for the religious aspect is this you need to cleanse your body and whatnot according to scientists but when you're fasting you're not really thinking about all these other things that distract you you're really thinking about if you're fasting for a religious you're a religious um event or for religious reasons or causes, then you're going to think about those things and the fact that you're hungry more so than you would other things that were distracting you from that belief system. So that's why fasting is important. But going back on on topic, we have to understand that because they were affluent now and not scrapping for food, that gave them insight for us to, or for them to delve into different areas in the world and to create art, school, and learning. And all these different things that we have today and that we benefit today comes from of the affluation of or the affluence of agriculture. So once the agriculture was built up, it gives us room to do other things because now you have a system in place to how to distribute food to the community and whatnot. If you look at the great empires and civilizations, they had a great amount of abundance of food, so they were able to do other things. So, for for example, the Egyptians, a lot of science, mathematics, Literature comes from them. I know their 
original native tongue does not exist or is used or practiced anymore. Uh, I believe they used to write in hydroglyphic and then they would speak in demotic. So that was basically how they communicated. But you can look at their architecture. It still lasts today, which is basically amazing to see because I haven't gone there before, but I would like to go there one day. And just to see how that is able to last so long and what has transpired since they built that till now and it's still intact goes to show you that they were some very intelligent people. And then you go throughout history and you can see the different architectures. You can see the Renaissance era in Italy, France, and all the European countries and what they were able to do with their architect and their um great thinkers. I can go back to ancient Greece and then you can even go to parts of Africa with their philosophies, go out to the East with China and Confucius and all these in the great wall of China. So all these things were built up upon. And obviously we do know, well, not, it's not obvious to most people, but to some of us, we are aware of Plato's Academy, which was one of the first schools for philosophers and I think after that, his protege, which would have been Aristotle, had a school regarding mathematics and reasoning and all these sort of things. So we can start to see the school system in place where people would go to university. Now, obviously, university is expensive now, and it was expensive back then, but it was only used or the people who were allowed to go were more or less the elites of society because there was more of a gap. When you come to the understanding of the construction of America and how their constitution works and how their system works, it's more or less a free market. So it brings more mobility than any other system that we've had thus far in the world today because most of it was monarchy where you just have the figurehead and he or she will just tell a dictate and will apparently hear from God and dictate what should be done. And there's a huge gap because then you just have the working classes. You don't really have a middle class. That was more or less brought to you by the great country of America that we have today. So I would say, and I would argue that I think university became more accessible to the average person in the 20th century. Before then, it was harder because it was only the aristocrats, only the elites of society that had them. Matter of fact, if you go to the Middle, um, middle Ages, you can understand that a lot of them didn't even have the ability to obtain books because it was only made for the elites in that society. They couldn't afford books. Nowadays, we have the ability to ha have books. Now, a lot of people are doing audiobooks now because it is less. Because if you think about reading, it's a pretty intimidating thing, especially the order you get and you don't know how to read isn't. For them, it would be embarrassing, and I can understand why, but it's not an easy thing to do is to read. Uh, and if you're not exposed to people who have books, then it's going to be harder on you, the individual who wants to learn how to read, than it is someone who grew up with reading. Because both my parents went to higher learning, and we had books in the house that I would look at for my father's books regarding like psychology and stuff. So I was able to see all these types of books at a young age. So expose me and also that they would buy me books to read. So I'm fortunate in that sense. So we notice, and I set it up hopefully pretty well that you can understand that We've come from agriculture to exploring different things and writing down, for example, Sir Isaac Newton's um, Law of Gravity. And you can go down Charles Darwin's evolution, all these different things. I'm not saying I agree with Charles Darwin by any sort of the imagination, but you guys understand what I'm trying to say is that with more mobility, with the necess necessary things that you need to survive, or that it suffice for you to survive, You, the more of that that you have, the more abundance of that you have, the more you can do other things because you're not worried about the necessities. 
So you can see as we gradually get to that, we are in the 20th century. And now you can see right after um, the Second World War, people started to go off to college more. So as soon as they would hit the age of 18, 19, they would be shipped off to college. You get your degree. Or if it's a community college, you get your diploma, and that's all you would need. And then you can get a good-paying job and, I don't know, make between the bracket of 60 to 100K a year as your salary. And then you can be good to go. Now, obviously, a lot has changed since then because after, I would like to say... Because even in my grandparents' era, you didn't necessarily have to go to university. That's if you wanted more money. But you could get a job in high school and you'll be all right. Like, from out of high school and you could be okay. It was until my parents' generation, that's when you were mandatory to go to school. Uh, and let's see. Let's be honest here. Let's, 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 let's be honest, all right? Uh, of course... If you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, you're going to have to go to school. That's not a question. I'm just talking about the general public. Okay? The general idea. That's what I'm focused on. Because I know some people are like, yeah, can't, can't, can't. Well, you know, if you're a doctor. I'm like, I know. I'm aware. But not everybody wants to be a doctor, right? Not everybody wants to be a lawyer. So we have to dial it down. So in the average job at that time, you would have to get some form of, of post-secondary education into order to secure a job. Now you come into my era, 21st century. Most jobs now you have your undergrad. And that's not even a question. You're doing that. You're doing that. Unless if you want to go to college and do a trade or do go to college and then do a different type of job but you're gonna have to get your undergrad and after that then you want if you want to stand out if you, if you want to stand out if you want to be different then guess what you're going to have to do your master's in order to get that whether it be a, a master's of arts or master's of science Whatever type of degrees is, make sure you have your master's. So that's where we are today. Now the question is, is that system in place, is the education system in place good enough for our society today? Now, for me personally, I think school is important in the people's life. I believe that it does teach you certain things that are important but it doesn't teach you everything that is important because you don't learn how to do taxes in school unless if you're going to school for accounting generally i would say in high school there's a few lessons that i have retained since then but other aside from that i don't utilize it to its full composite capacity except for maybe presentation skills uh, I want to say, obviously, English skills and arithmetic. That's pretty much it. And the arithmetic that I do use is not algebraic, algebraic formulas. It's not, it doesn't have to do with trigonometry. I don't use that every day. Now, if you are in construction, you might use it for sure. Or if you're in architecture, you might use it, but not everybody's going to do it. You can't have a cookie-cutter plan when it comes to school. And this is what I propose. This is what I try to, to do. I think in starting from when the child is young, don't they should push back school maybe until the child is six or seven. And, I, and the reason why I say this is because that way the parent can see the gifts and see the potential in their child and then we can work on it from then that way the kid is still competent to know what he or she would like to do in this lifetime so you 
push it back a bit. I know some people won't agree with this, but it's okay. You push it back a bit. Let the parents see the gifts, like I said before. Let the kid um, explore, do certain things, yada, yada, yada. Then afterwards, you do a small test, like a questionnaire with the parent and with the child. So they do it together about what the child's interested in. And then you can see their, their, you can, you can see their gifts and all that stuff and they can utilize it and they understand. And then from there, the child goes to the school, whatever school that accepts them. So you just do pretty much like a private school thing, but you could say that it's socialized, but that might cost a lot of money. But just hear me out. After they go through that process of applications and they find the right school for the kid, the kid has a part in choosing different courses that they find interesting. That way, at a younger age, they can understand what they like and what they don't like. So they don't have to waste thousands and upon thousands of dollars at university just to switch their major like four or five times. Okay. Because we know there's people out there that do that. And that's a waste of money, right? For the parent. So, and a waste of time for that kid. So after they figure out how or what they like and what they don't like, here's what they can do. Uh, they root out what they don't like, okay? You make mandatory life courses for the kid of what they're going to need to operate in order to operate in, in this lifetime. I think they should have a course every grade all the way up to grade 12 about money management. And then you can take the money management course each year. And then each year, obviously, it'll get harder and harder. And then in high school, you can talk about taxes and how to file taxes and all that stuff. Now, obviously, the accountants listening to this wouldn't want that because then they would be out of a job. But if you think about it, if you're a smart accountant, you can always start a, a income tax or a tax deduction company. There's people who do it all the time. And just because they know how to do it doesn't mean they will do it. Because, like I said, some people wouldn't find interest in that and would rather pay you. So, technically, you wouldn't even be out of a job. But it's just giving them the know-how, the acumen, in order to be sufficient in an area if they can't get to uh, account their account in time or they're between accountants. They can do it. If they know how. So that's what I propose. And then continuing on, focusing only on their strengths. Obviously, weaknesses are there, but what's the point of focusing on their weaknesses if they're not going to use those? Because if you think about it, we all know who Michael Jordan is. All right. I'm not a fan. Of Michael Jordan per se, I think his shoes are cool. I don't. I heard that he's not the nicest person, but I'm not here to judge his character. But like I said, you look at Michael Jordan; he accomplished so much in his lifetime, financially, just all across the board. He, he's very successful man, and that is true. But he focused on what he was good at. You're not going to say, Michael Jordan, do you really know how to swim? Are you a good swimmer? I think swimming is your weakness. How about you focus on that? No one's saying that because nobody cares if he can swim or not. What they care about is his skill set in basketball and now his business uh, abilities. That's what we focus on now about him. He doubled down and he tripled down on his skill sets, what he was good at. Now, I'm not going to talk about the baseball situation, okay? Because that's a story, and that's mainly because of his dad, which I understand. But 
for the most part, he was practicing basketball. He wasn't focusing on swimming. He's not focusing on playing soccer. He doesn't care about soccer. Who cares? Okay? What matters is this, is that he's good at basketball. So why don't we focus on the kid's strengths? Why don't we focus on that? Now, if it's a weakness that is required for them to function, then we can work on that. But if Billy is a great musician and then he stinks in the STEM fields, he stinks at science, why are we going to focus his attention on science? He's not going to be a rocket scientist. He's not going to even be a doctor or anything sort of that strength. He's good at music. He's good at composing or producing. So let's do that. Vice versa for the mathematician. They're good at math. Sally, the mathematician, is great at math. She can solve any algebraic equation. So why would we make her focus on visual arts if she sucks at drawing? You see my point here? My point is we need to build a system where kids can flourish in what they're gifted at and what they're built at. Now, obviously, like I said, you can, if there's certain areas where they need to focus on, like, for example, speaking English, because apparently if you talk to people, they're not that great at speaking English, even if they're native and they can speak it fluently, but English is a very complex and demanding language. Now, obviously, I'm aware that some people are better at speaking English than others. Some people understand the grammatic, the the intricacies of their grammar. They can understand the different pronouns being used and phonetics and all these certain things that are important. And I think that area, sure, especially formal writing and making sure that everything is correct and precise because English is a demanding language and is very harsh. So I understand that aspect. So I understand what you're trying, the counter example or objection to this claim is. So yeah, stuff like that of that sort is important for the child to, or the person to flourish in or to get better at. But that's not the main key of what they're good at. Like my boy, my boy Floyd Mayweather. This guy can't. I don't know if he still can, but from what I'm aware of, he still can't write. No, he can write, but he can't read that well. Cause he got pulled out of school because his grandma said you're gonna be a boxer. Forget about the school. Now I'm not saying for you guys to do that, but it worked for him. This guy's worth over $500 million and has his own boxing promotion company and has other businesses as well and partnerships. So he doesn't even need to read, okay? The only thing he needs is a, a lawyer that he trusts that can read the contract to him and then he can sign from there. He doesn't have to pick up a book a day in his life. Now, I'm not saying to do that. I think reading and writing is a skill that we would all need. But I don't think he needs it right now if you're worth $500 million and he's good with money as well. So we're going to take a quick break. I want you guys to think about my proposition and see what I'm trying to articulate to you. This is a suave experience with your boy, DD, and we will be right back. Yo, (laughs) I hope you didn't go anywhere because we are here once again. All right. so. Continuing with this topic about the education system. Now, if you live under a rock in Ontario, okay, let me inform you about something. There's been issues regarding the Ford government and the different school boards with walkouts and work to rule and all these different things that the teachers are not. And the union for the teachers don't feel that they're compensated enough. Now, when it comes to this whole education game, obviously we are well aware that it is an industry and that we have to pay in order to do so. In Canada, most of it's socialized and owned by the government. Unless if you go to post-secondary where most of it would be uh, private or public because those are the two strands that they would have. 
and the same thing or likewise for the states. Now in Canada, at least we don't have Ivy Leagues, but we have schools that are similar to Ivy League. So, for example, you have your Queens, your Westerns, you have your U of T's, then you have your Middle Grounds, you have your York, you have your Guelphs, you have your Waterloo, not you, sorry, not Waterloo, sorry, your Wilfred Lawyers. Then you have other schools on the lesser end. But I find it, it doesn't really matter per se. Some obviously have more prestige than others, but at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you have your papers. So now we look at education as more of an investment. What can we get out of the education system that could make our lives more beneficial? Is it the idea of learning? Is it intrinsically education in itself is valuable? Or is it the fact that the education or the piece of paper that you obtain after graduation gives you the know-how in order to obtain that job that you like? These all can be answered with yes or no, or maybe it's all together. Maybe it is that you do need the know-how, but also you need the connections as well. Because even if you want to go to your grad school, law school, or med school, you still need a reference letter, which means you have to get faculty either at your school or from other schools in order to get into that program. So you have to know somebody in order to get it. Now, like I said, for certain things, because I know for a fact that the education system is basically a ploy to obtain cash. So if for him, if the people in, I'll use a random school, U Ottawa, all right, they need the school to be open in order to get paid. The school needs to get paid for. Because it's not government owned and it's private, they need people to come to their school to finance it. It's not a public school where the government pays for it. It's private. I know in Europe, French and Germany's higher post-secondary learning is free. But at the end of the day, they're paying for it through government and their taxes will go up. Now, with this whole system that we have in place in Canada, for example, at U Ottawa, they need people, whether it be international students or domestic, they need people to be in Canada or abroad, like I said, they need them to come to their school so that the school will be open and that the people working there still have a job. Because it's a business. That's why. What do you think? They're selling you an experience. If you really think about it, look at every single brochure that a university sends you, whether it be in the mail or you pick it up at your local grocery store. When I went to the university expo that happens every year at the Toronto Convention Center in downtown, they have booths. All the schools have booths. And then go from booth to booth. It's funny that the two schools that... I didn't even look at one of them I'm going to right now because I I in my head I didn't I didn't want to go to U of T at all, man. That was the last resort. But if you look at the two different or if you look at all the different booths, they're all trying to sell you on why you should go to this school instead of that school. So they have different faculty members, they have people or students that are currently going there or alumni that used to go there to tell you the benefits of what Go to their school can provide for you. It's all about you, 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 you. And then after you get that, you get all the information that you need. You get all these books. And I have tons of books from that year. So the year 2015 going into 2016, I have that one. And when the graduate schools, med schools, and law schools come to uh, different universities, I check them out as well. So I have stuff from last year from 2018 to 2019 so i can see how it's changing it's more or less selling you the experience like to be honest with you when i went to these booths they're selling me about all the things that that school has aside from what i'm actually going there for i have to search and deliberately ask them hey 
what is your philosophy program like? Like, I know the cat food is good. Da, 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 I know your football team is good, but yo, what about the schooling? And mind you, I was focused on football as well. And I was focused on all the extra curricular activities. I was focused on all the other extremities that they have to provide for me. But at the end of the day, what am I there for? Am I there for those things, for that experience, for that getaway? Or am I there for learning? And that's a lot of things that people overlook because they're selling you the experience first before the actual schooling. And that's what people have always told me. Like, hey, make sure when you're doing this process, make sure you look at the program. Because essentially, that's what you're doing for the next four years. Anyways, that's the main point. That's your bread and butter is getting the degree. But like I said, you open that pamphlet. Open those. I challenge you this. Go to your local grocery store and pick up those brochures that they have. Or I think when they have their convention center, just do it for your own experience. Just go pick one up at your local university and look at all the things that are extravagant, things that will pull you to go to their school. You're not even really focused on the degree itself, but you're focusing on all the extra stuff. That is there. Now, obviously, I just used obviously a lot in this episode. And I'm quite sorry. But I'm thinking about it. Yes, university does give you experiences. But you can get those experiences from elsewhere by joining different groups, going out and traveling, tasting, doing these different things. If that is what you want out of university. The degree that is there, and then depending on what job, if you want to be in in the STEM fields, if you want to be in medicine, or if you want to be in law, then I would recommend you don't have a choice. You have to go. But for those who are not sure, I would say that maybe you can go if you're interested in certain things. Because remember, they make up majors for you to go. A lot of these majors do not have any merit whatsoever. And that's why so many people have these masters in like nonsense degrees where they can't even get a job because they bought into it because we're so taught at a young age that university is the only way and it's not anymore especially with the age of the internet i think with the internet it was opening so many doors for so many people where you can do so much or so many things and create a job for yourself because i think in the next 10 years University will still be there, but a lot of people are looking into teaching master classes or going on Skillshare and teaching some classes here and stuff. I think a lot of it will have to do with freelance work as well and focusing on getting high income skills in order to generate wealth for yourself on your terms. I think that's where it's going now because you don't need to leave your house anymore to work. If you're doing freelancing, you don't have to leave. You really just work on your own terms if you have the skill set to do that. And a lot of people disagree with it. But whether you like it or not, that is where the workforce is going. You have to look at the trends and see what people are doing from the bottom up and from from the top to the bottom. And keep an open eye to see where the workforce is going. Because at the end of the day, I'm not just talking about from a cultural perspective. I'm just talking about fundamentally where the workforce and how you have to do. Because, like, obviously your religion and your belief systems, your morals, we're not talking about that per se. Because if you equate that, you can't. Because you're going to look at your own religious beliefs and whatnot. And to some people in today's day, it would be archaic. For you, it's moderate and it's modern. It's just that the time is going ahead. 
Now, I'm not saying you should compromise your beliefs for that. I'm not talking about that. I'm only talking about from a working perspective where you have, in order to work, in order to make a means, you have to look forward to how the workforce is moving and how it operates in order to stay on top. And the internet is showing people how to do that with affiliate marketing and all these different things that you could do for, to start your own business or your own brand. So we have to understand that is where we're going to as a place. It's not going to be, or as a society, we're not going to, it's not going to just be you graduate high school, you go to college, you get a good job anymore. There's more mobility now than ever before. And here's the thing that we must understand is that, hey, even though that this is a thing, it might not be for everybody, but we have to give people a chance. Give your child a chance if you're an adult listening to this. And if you're a young person, give yourself a chance. Talk, Have that talk with your parents about where you would like to go. Because at the end of the day, people, even if they do fail or even if you do fail at chasing your dream or whatever, school's always going to be there. So even if you're done with that, like, for example, say you're 21 and you just finished school, you can just work on whatever projects that you would like to work on, whatever you think is going to be your career. And even if, even if you fail by the time you're 31, you can always go back to school and then finish it off there and get a job. But I think the understanding of technology and social media is going to count for something because that's where most companies are actually targeting or going into, which I would suggest you be careful what you post on there. But this is what I'm trying to articulate to you guys is that there's going to be a shift happening in this next decade. And there's going to be a shift. I think it's already happened just to see how many people have created different opportunities for themselves using um, social media, using the internet and using or being able to brand themselves because you are your own brand. If you think about it in that light, there's so many things that you and I can do in so little time. Even if you look at the streaming world and how, how, how that's changed. And I talked about that a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago about the streaming words world and how that has changed tremendously before You were getting stuff from Blockbuster, okay? <laughs> there used to be one near my house. And now that same Blockbuster is a piece of pizza. So I'm telling y'all this because it shifts. And Blockbuster probably thought they were going to be around for a long time. Same with Toys R Us in the States. But if you don't adapt to how the world is going as far as I'm not talking about your belief system, as far as how we exchange wealth and markets and business and all that stuff, you're going to get left behind. You're going to get left behind. Just don't just be open to certain ideas. I, I talk about TikTok quite a bit to the homies they laugh at me sometimes, but I have a blast on there. And it's basically you get more organic views than you would on Instagram right now because there's so many people there. But you can still get it. It's just going to take you a while. And everybody starts from nothing. So just think about that, people. Just think about that. Like The education system is good in the sense of what it's set out to do, I just think is not executed as well as it should because it leaves out certain people that aren't cut out. For me, I'm an anomaly because I know how to work the system. And how what I mean by that is not to take advantage of it. It's just that I know how I'm pretty good at doing what I do when it comes to school because I've been trained or I've taught myself some discipline skills or lifestyle skills. And then I've learned through trial and error. And I also asked a lot of questions to people. And I come from a, a family where we're pretty educated. 
So even if I don't like it or I detest it, which I don't detest it, I just don't really like school that much, but I don't detest it. I can still figure out how to get through and how to work hard in order to get where I need to get. Some people don't have that luxury. Other people just hate school and it's just, they sucks the life out of them. And I think that as soon as you finish high school, I don't believe that you have to go to post-secondary or you should have to. And I think we're going to move away from that very soonly, very soon. I'm not saying that learning is not important because at the end of the day, I think it was Mark Twain who said it, I do not let my schooling get in the way of my education, meaning that education is not just in the confines of school, but it exists outside of school. Externally, it exists outside of school. It's your everyday life. Every day you are learning in a form of education and you're educating yourself on certain things and skills set. So I think that one thing that people should try doing is... um. Check out Dan Locke. He talks about high-income skills. I think that you should definitely check out his stuff, uh, take his quiz and whatnot to see what high-income skills that you would that you possess, per se. And I think just building skills and freelance is pretty much is where I think it might, the world might be going to. And I think that the whole cookie cutter idea where we are all funneled through the same vein of thinking or the same outcome is not the same is not so because yes there are some people who are my age that are millionaires because of this whole movement of evading school or avoiding school and yes there are some people who go throughout school have their doctorate have more degrees than a thermometer and they don't have no job boy like tommy from martin they don't have no job man but or they have a job that's not that is far below their qualifications but there are people who are in between as well that get what they want or get what they are just deserved, even though I don't like using that term, but their qualifications match their job is what I'm trying to say. So just some food for thought. Let me know what you guys think about this whole school system. Hit me up in the DMs, though. Underscore DD the fifth. Underscore DD the Swabcat 15. Also, peep a Suave food review on Instagram as well. I'm going to start posting that in the new year. Bro, I'm telling you, 2020 to 2030 is all mine and every decade after that. So make sure you guys keep up to date. We're going to head into the last segment of the show. Where we're, let's wrap it up, DD. You guys know. I'm going to wrap up and I sum up the show for you. So stay tuned right there. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Wrap It Up DD, where I wrap up and I sum up this show for you. So today we're talking about education, why education is important. Hmm. But what is a problem with the education system? Now, I did mention that the origins of education, I did mention that it's not, we shouldn't have a cutter plan for those because at the end of the day, a lot of people that I do know, uh, shout out to one of the homegirls that I used to go to school with, uh, she did fast track. And to this day, that's probably one of my biggest regrets is because she told me about it and I did not listen. And now I know this has nothing to do with the Wrap It Up DD, but I'm going to tell you anyways. But what she did was essentially in grade nine, she told me second semester that in summer school, she's going to fast track some courses or some mandatory courses that you have to have each in each grade. And in universities, kind of like that as well, but you can't really fast track as much as you would like to, unless you want to pay more. But here's the thing. When it came to fast tracking, you could do the mandatory courses that you have to take in each grade. So she, when we were in grade nine, we would have to take uh, grade 10 English and civics and careers the next year. So what she did is that she fast tracked the mandatory courses for the next year so that the next school year, she all she would have to do is stuff that she couldn't fast track and a couple of grade 11 stuff that she could go into. So that's what she did. 
And then the next year, she was pretty much in all grade 11, grade 12 classes when we were in grade 11. So by the time we hit grade 12, she already graduated. So in grade 11, when I was in grade 11, we just did all grade 11 stuff. She was doing mostly grade 12 stuff and then a grade 11 stuff because she was going to summer school too. So I didn't want to give him my summer. I wanted to make some guap. But in the long term, she was smart for that. Shout out Hope. And what she did by the time she graduated in grade 12, she was able to travel that whole year when we were in grade 12 because she already graduated. And then she wasn't behind. She was ahead. But she was behind in the sense that she was behind the grade that she was technically jumping towards, meaning that, for example, the 97s, they would have been first year that year she took off to travel and that year that we were in grade six. I mean, we were in grade 12. And she would technically be because she graduated early, but she missed that whole year to do her first year. But she technically would have been ahead or not ahead. She would be on par with us because as soon as she finished that year of traveling, she went to school the year of 2016. So she was really on point with the rest of us because we didn't get that whole break. She got a whole year off and then she just started the next year, which would have been the same time if she didn't fast track in the first place. So that's some ideas. So if you're a youngster listening out to this, Man, I think you should do it. I wish I did it in hindsight because I would love to travel. But I didn't do it. I'm not doing it for university now because I need to make sure everything's all correct. So I wouldn't do it for that. But we also talked about the government issues with it, with education system and what they're doing in place and what they're lacking. And I did make a proposition of what we should do from henceforth. But at the end of the day, I really want to, to know what you guys think, make sure you guys uh leave a comment in my DM underscore DD to swap with 15. If you have suggestions, maybe we can do something about it. Uh you never know. We could even start a school. You just don't know these days. So that's what this whole episode or the premise of this episode was about. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode because I enjoyed making it for you guys. Make sure you share this with whatever family member you would like to share too on whatever platform you use to share your information, your content, whatever. Just Instagram, Twitter, doesn't matter. Just share it because it shows that Didi is here and it also shows Didi that you care. So make sure you guys do that for your boy. Make sure you leave a good review on whatever platform that you use to listen to the show. Make sure you subscribe. Okay. Subscribe. Because then you're notified whenever the episode drops for you. I thank you guys for rocking with me for so long. Ups and downs. Since 2018. It's about to be two years. Hopping into the 20s, man. So it's going to be... Hectic. And with that said, I hope you guys stay suave. This is your boy D signing off once again. So just chill. Chill till the next episode.